0: Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode, we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix' 163rd film from 2019. It's the action thriller, Point Blank. It's directed by Joe Lynch. It stars Frank Grillo, Anthony Mackie, Marsha Gay Harden, Tionya Paris, and Boris McGiver. And sorry, Marquise Moore. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can't forget Marquise Moore. No, I think I, I stumbled because I think I said that wrong last week. Marquise, it just spelled a bit weirdly. Um, can't forget him.
1: <laughs> oh, it now, is, yeah, I'm just reading it, it now. Yeah, good call. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, how are
1: travelling? I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. This was a um, bit of a change of pace from what we've been doing, but I think it uh fit the bill nicely, so I'm looking forward to talking about
0: it. Yeah, me too. I think, uh yeah, it's... Uh, nice must have a bit of an action film that we probably haven't seen in quite a while. This, this type of action film anyway. Uh, yeah. But we do start our show with our class Flicks. <laughs> we could do a quick summary of uh, the film. I, I've massively struggled this week. And I think this is possibly my worst one. <sighs> so can wow. you start us off and then I'll, I'll give you mine, which is complete balls. All
1: right. Uh, okay. So mine is, is for point blank is uh, an upbeat action that sees a nurse get unfairly pulled into a dangerous job with dangerous people in order to save his pregnant wife.
0: Nice. I I, I couldn't string that together. That's that's exactly what it's about. <laughs> I've said a good guy bad guy combo with a pregnant hostage and police on the chase. That's I, perfect. I, I thought that was absolutely horrendous, and I, I apologize because I couldn't. I just couldn't string anything together for this. I think that's really good. I mean, at its crux, this is a good guy, bad guy combo. Okay. That's, well, that's the movie, right? A little bit better. <laughs> that's good. Okay, excellent. Well, um, this one obviously is on Netflix, and we like to look at how it arrived on Netflix and how it's put together. So what can you fill us in on about that?
1: Yeah, well, so the the project itself was announced in June 2018, Um and by that point, it was a Netflix movie. So Netflix wanted to make this movie from scratch. Um, Joe Lynch was already on board to direct. Frank Grillo, Anthony Mackie as our two leads. So the film itself is actually a remake of a, of a 2010 film, which is the same name. But I think if you want to talk about the French version, it's called About Portante. Portant. <laughs> so, I'm glad you so. got that in because I, I, I suck at French. <laughs> I have to assume that translates to point blank. Um so, yeah, the principal production began on the 6th of August in 2018. Uh shot shot in and around Cincinnati. Um, looks to me like I found that there was a reasonable budget for what this kind of film is. I'm, I'm hearing that it was around about $12 million. Yep. Um, I've got some uh, familiar titles just so we can give our listeners a bit of a feel for what $12 million can get you. Now, I like to go with pretty recent films, but I, it, it is worth mentioning that both Jaws and The Exorcist were made, by 12, made for $12 million. Obviously, a very, very different time. Uh, I think if you're making a Jaws movie right now, you'd be spending a little bit more <laughs> to try and do some of that stuff. But um, in more recent years, The Fault in Our Stars, Project X, which was just a horrible movie. Have you seen Project X? I hated yeah,
0: it's, it. It's ordinary. Same yep. little just another... wa- <laughs> Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was watching Project X and I was just like, what? when's this like gonna like be a movie like where's where's this like plot coming in it was I yeah, didn't like Project X um, on the flip side Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is an excellent movie made for $12 million uh, also Lion uh, with uh, Dev Patel in 2016 I've obviously missed one that you that you wanted to mention that was similarly as bad as Project X Chronicle uh, okay uh, <laughs> no I do pick and choose which one's are worst it was Chronicle JJ Abrams
0: <laughs> no uh, maybe he yeah. was an executive producer or something. A producer um, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. That was, well, what have you got? That was ordinary. No, no, that was it. Project oh, X was, it. was my, uh. Yeah. Uh, I, I also put down the hell of High Water. That was a, a good film, um, recently too, for 12 mil. Was... And then there are a couple of good comedies that, you know, in between Jaws and The Exorcist, like Your American Pies and Ace Ventura too. So, um, there are some good films for, for 12 mil. And I think this film, 12 million bucks has gone, they've, they've gone a long way with it, I think.
1: Um, yeah for what they're uh, doing I think that's the the point is it's not a not a big budget Um, Hmm. and it's difficult to do anything you know really fun with 12 million dollars if you look at the movies that we're talking about you know they're all pretty much flat out the good ones are good drama movies that are all about you know the performances and you don't need a lot of money unless you're trying to pay big name actors but anyway the film itself was released on Netflix on the 12th of July 2019 not so much more exciting than I did find except for one little tidbit that I got on the IMDB trivia um, page, which normally is just like, did you know that these two actors actors were in the yeah. same movie together? That's like every time they just tell me that these two people were in the same movie together. Well, there, there, was, there, it. Was,
0: um, there was one of those about Frank Grillo and Anthony Mackie about them being uh, yeah, Marvel well, movies. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, I think most people know that they are all in Marvel movies, but yeah. it's just a noisy you when um, you'll read about a movie and it's like, the seventh listed cast member and the ninth listed cast member on like one TV show together back in 1985 or something. But anyway, (laughs) I did like this one that, um, and mainly because it it does tie back to our Netflix movie, Wheelman, which was uh, a movie that we did a while ago. And and Frank Grillo being not only the the main character, just like the film, the entire film basically focuses on his story. Um, In that movie, he is, on the phone in the car, repeatedly calling a man called Cheetah, he's, he's trying to get help from. It. And in this film, Point Blank, his character actually goes to the pawn shop, and the bloke there is called Cheetah. And I really like that, mainly because obviously the Frank Grillo connection. But the fact that War Party, which is Frank Grillo's production company, also produced both this and Wheelman, so you know that it's actually a proper link. It's not just a coincidence. And I, I kind of like that. We never get to see Cheetah in Wheelman, and now I'm assuming that this was this was Cheetah
0: yeah it's all got their own little netflix universe of frank grillo yeah <laughs> the, the grillo universe see, i did see a frank grillo film recently i kind of remember what it was called but it was it was like a, your groundhog day type of film And that was excellent um if you like frank grillo sorry i can't remember the name of it but um i think same he produced that as well good film good film um he's did a lot of stuff frank mm, sure is um just bringing it back i guess to this film like you mentioned before, based on French film, there, it's been remade across the world as well. It's been um, remade in South Korea. In South Korea, it's called The Target. And there's also a, a Bangla remake, and it's called Password there as well. So obviously, um, the the inspiration from the French film, um, and I think the French film is pretty highly acclaimed. So, um, yeah, nice to see that there's a couple of different versions of this out there. And that is interesting. Talk, yeah, talking about translations um, in, are across the world in... Um, there's a couple of different titles around the world. So, in, in Greece, Italy, and Spain, it's called Point Blank, but it's got sort of a, a sub polling and it says Countdown. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll In Hungary, it's called Direct Target, which, sure. Um, <laughs> I think that's just a translation of the two words. <laughs> in, in Japan, it's called Shoot for This Love. Oh, um, that's uh, odd. Yeah, um, same with, well, China, it's called Zero Second Rescue. I don't know really how, that, <laughs> how that happens. And, and finally, the, the most simplistic one, and, and the one I like the most from Vietnam, it's just, just called Danger near, Um, because there's danger uh, all the time. That is very true. <laughs> they watch the film and like, hey, what was that about? Man, there's a lot of danger, though, wherever they that. went. Yeah. <laughs> Last one, tagline.
1: Did you say the tagline for this? I did actually, accidentally. Again, I try not to look because I wonder. I want the reveal live on the podcast, but yes. I did see this one.
0: So a hell of a day, a hell of a pair. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I, I, that was.
0: A, they didn't put a lot of thought into that one. It didn't. It didn't really woo me. Nah, it's uh pretty mediocre R- repeating the word. hell doesn't really add anything uh, or context to this film. So I agree with you on, on that one. Uh, this was nominated for an award at the Alberta film and television awards for the best original music score for a drama over 30 minutes as well. So um, random little specific, <laughs> specific <laughs> very specific, very random. Uh, considering it was made in Ohio, um, Alberta's in Canada. I think off the top of my hey, They, so, can, they yeah. can jump into any
1: awards ceremony they want to jump into. Sure. So, um, well done.
0: I, I had a percentage match for this as well. Oh, uh, I did. Yeah, what did you get? 61%. So, pretty low. Oh, that's low. It's almost mm-hmm. saying don't watch it. Um, Netflix doesn't want you to watch their originals. <laughs> no, they don't. Even though I've watched most of them. No, <laughs> no, we, 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 we definitely haven't. Sure they, you watched the no first one. 160. Yeah. Yeah, True. All right. Um, I think it's time to look at the critical consensus for this one. What what, what have you been able to find?
1: So it is sitting at 5.7 out of 10 on IMDB, and that's off 14,000 ratings. So not too bad. Probably just sitting under par, what you'd want to see. A little bit lower on Letterboxd, which I feel like I'm saying every single week. A little bit lower on Letterboxd. 2.6 out of 5. Uh, That's just over 6,000 ratings. So the Letterboxd community isn't Overly getting behind this one or watching it, but there's enough. There's enough love there.
0: Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. This is rotten. It sits on forty percent on thirty-five reviews, and the audience even lower at thirty percent on over hundred reviews. So, oh, um, yeah, That's that. low. Not not very happy. Uh, the critics with this one, obviously. Um, but we, 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 I guess, we can call ourselves critics. What's, what's your critique <laughs> or your early early critique of this one? Oh goodness! Uh, look
1: for what it was. I, I kind of liked it. It, it kind of felt like the sort of film that was filmed in about 10 days. It had one pretty big name star and one pretty recognisable action actor. The plot worked well enough. This movie was never going to be the best movie you've ever seen. And it probably won't make any sort of top movie lists. But it doesn't mean in the moment for the 80 odd minutes I was watching it, I was pretty entertained.
0: Yeah, I, it was a bit of fun. Uh, any sort of logical thought sort of needs to be left at the door before watching this one. And I think it's held together by those two leads. And I think they were very, very lucky to get Mackey and Grillo on board for this because they, they definitely make this film. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anthony Mackey, particularly, obviously Grillo seems to have been involved in the project from a production perspective. So he's probably already had his name tied to it, but getting Anthony Mackey certainly helps bring it out of a bit of a nothingness kind of place that it would be in.
0: Hmm, good. Well, we like to talk about the characters. Um, I, I think I'm going to struggle a little bit with the characters in this one because there's not an awful lot behind them, but you usually do an excellent job at this. So fill me in. <laughs> I tend to agree, though. There's
1: a lot of characters and none of which we, we really get, get to really sink our teeth into. But let's talk about Paul, played by Anthony Mackie. So I think of Paul as this really responsible, driven guy. He's a provider. He's a man who will do anything for his family. And you get that vibe really early on. Um, This is exactly the trait that you need for a guy who's in this situation. His wife gets stolen, but luckily we've got a man who will do anything for his family. And that's what we know. That's what we know about this man. So he'll kind of stop at nothing. Uh, And if obviously you didn't have that, this movie wouldn't work as well. But I actually think they do pretty well to ensure that he does have to stick around through everything, throughout this whole course of action that goes... Because you start watching, you're like, he's got to get out of this somehow. Like, he doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need to be there. And every time you sort of think he's going to jump off, there's, a, there's actually a plausible reason why he has to stay. It's not just – he doesn't just buddy up with this guy because he
0: wants to. So I, I do like that they make that pretty realistic. So that's that's Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That idea of his wife and the future kid sort of being that that grounding point and through that you do see that you know he's a good guy he's obviously in a profession where he's looking out for people you see him have these interactions with this homeless guy that he he looks out for as well and I just kind of there's a there's a part with him um you know early on they tell us he's he's a nurse and and he has that ambition of wanting to become a doctor and we we hear that early on so throughout there's a few digs about you know nurses not necessarily being manly or or the manhoods and I didn't really appreciate those digs because we, we know that that's that path that he wants to be on and even if he is a nurse it's, it's no critique on his on his um, on his masculinity either so I thought um yeah I mean I don't know that's just me trying to pick up something critical cool, I guess it just if he yeah I think he
1: kind of shows you that everything you want to say about nurses doesn't really matter because he's exactly he's pretty equipped <laughs> um on Abe Frank gorillo's character he's, he's actually and bear with me, he's not all that different to Paul in the sense that he's also this provider. He's also a pretty driven guy and he would also do anything for his family, but he knows a different life and that's all he knows. He's come from a very, very different place and his way of providing and surviving is dangerous. Um, Look, I also really like the way that he shows care for Paul's wife, even though he doesn't meet her it's just this non-negotiable for him on the phone. As soon as he finds out that his brother's taken a pregnant woman, he's just like, you're not harming this woman. And I kind of like that side to Abe. And we kind of see this side to Abe that we, it's always in there that we kind of like him. And I think we're supposed to like him a little bit. And he does the wrong thing. We're like, oh, do I like him? But we do like him and he's not a bad guy. He's just, I think when he talks about his upbringing, that's when you really start to understand where he's come from and why he's doing the things that he's doing that, a kind of justified in his own head and where he comes from.
0: So, it, it, again, he's a similar character to Paul in that sense. I, yeah, I completely agree. I think that he's this character that's this hardened criminal that they want to push in your face all the time. He's a criminal, he's a criminal, he's a criminal. But you know that he's got these nice traits or he's going to have these nice traits somewhere. So there's no real surprise when you have the reveal about, you know, his background or his life story or um, that connection he has with his brother, Matteo, um, because... It has to be there somewhere. You're not going to have a, a, a play on a character or spend so much time with a character that they're going to set up for the audience to hate. Um, so you, yeah. you just expect that to come.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk about the brother? Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned Mateo. I, I think it's, it's good that in every action movie, you do have to have a man who is out of his depth. <laughs> and again, for Mateo, he's got those really strong family ties his brother means the world to him he would literally do anything to save him and and he sincerely goes in there doing anything to actually save him um but he puts himself in this situation that's so damn uncomfortable for him and probably in a sense allows him to drop his guard a little bit and that's obviously the reason for his demise but i mean again he's he's a likable guy
0: yeah, I completely uh, completely agree. It's just um, that idea of functionality. Like, I think they probably push it a little bit hard that, you know, he's he's a grown man that I think he has more ability to function without the, I don't know, the, the reliance on, on Abe was probably a little bit too much. Just mm. uh, the constant, I need to call him to check to make sure that I can do this. I'm allowed to do this. Whereas I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to see some strength in him a little bit some more strength. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, he didn't show a lot of that, did he? Yeah. Anyone else that you wanted to mention?
1: Just quickly on Taryn, which was Paul's wife. I just thought she was great. I thought she brought some humour to her, was a really strong character, um, but also she had her own smarts and her own resilience. And in in a movie where she is bait for a kidnapping, she's more than just this damsel in distress which is sort of the cookie cutter action movie that you'd expect. But it seems like a very deliberate decision by the filmmakers to ensure that women in this movie aren't portrayed as like a damsel in distress. And, and Taryn's perfect for
0: that. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that performance really brought through that emotion and that, that fear of being pregnant and being in a situation that you can't control and being extremely stressed and, and you know, imagine the stress of that situation
1: oh yeah and look and the things that she still did to try and get herself out of it was um was pretty admirable and that look that kind of ties into the lieutenant lieutenant lewis is what she's listed at imdb i feel like her name was regina i can't actually quite remember but
0: yeah anyway. i agree it was very confusing at times i felt sometimes i was running on audrey and i don't know why but yeah i think it was regina <laughs>
1: maybe it was audrey, <laughs> I, <don't laughs> no, I, think, I think it
0: was i think it was regina
1: Again, like she's obviously a strong female character, but I I do have some issues with, do we we ever actually find out what her motivation was to be the crook that she is, or is it just more a case of Dirty Cops being Dirty Cops because they can be Dirty Cops? Because she's generally crafty and she does a good job of making the audience dislike her. I think whether you suspect her or not really early on, you kind of have a thing like, yeah, I don't really like you. You're a bit hard-nosed and you're not that nice. So they do a good job of that, but I just kind of wanted to know why she made these really big decisions
0: to do the wrong thing. Yeah, I completely agree that I think it was very obvious that um, she re- there was going to be something seedy about her somewhere along the lines. So I don't. I, I think the setup with her, it was just you know, and you often see it in these these films that don't have the big budgets or the the big stars that you can feel that there's something off. And mm-hmm. um, you know, so that twist with the twist. And sorry, we haven't done spoiler alert, but <laughs> there you go. That the twist with her sort of. Um, being this career-focused, and they, they set it up, you know, I purposely haven't had kids and you know I'm sleeping with a co-worker and, and all these things that, you know, are uh, okay, well, there's something sus going on with this, this character.
1: Yeah, know yeah. they get that vibe. Look, the only other one I do want to talk about really quickly is, is Big D. Um, oh. I, 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 <laughs> because I do think this could have gone either way. But for me, Big D kind of works. I think there's, there's an overall lightness to the tone of this film. Um, and it went next level when, when Big D was introduced. It, it was almost like Kevin Hart light working as a big drug boss, and his whole involvement in this in
0: this film was kind of batshit crazy. But I,
1: I sort of dug it. I don't know why. But I just liked
0: it. I might talk a little bit more about him later on in our scenes. <laughs> 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 don't Me if too. I know <laughs> if I'm on the same page. <laughs> oh god. All right. Our director Joe Lynch. Uh, anything that you wanted to mention about him?
1: Uh yeah, you know, it looks like he's he's worked in a lot of different medias, obviously feature films, TV, music videos, commercials, short films, podcasts. Yeah. He kind of is a bit of a man for all seasons. I think from a feature film perspective, he's done Wrong Turn Two. He's done Nights of Bad Arstom, which I've never heard of, but it's got <laughs> Peter Dinklage and Ryan Quanton in it. Um a movie with Selma Hayek and and recently he had mayhem with Stephen
0: Yoon and Samara Weaving. So he's worked with some decent actors. Definitely. I, I think some of this, it looked a little bit like he does a, a bit more sort of that darker edgy, edgy sort of horror type of thing, especially with some of his music video clips too. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm. Maybe we'll see some more from him. Maybe. Yeah. All right, time to talk about some scenes. Is there anything in here that you want to mention as standing out? Yeah, there's a couple. I do,
1: in general, I think I just, I like all the scenes with Paul and Taryn, mainly at the start when we first meet them. I think there's just a great chemistry in their relationship and i think that helps us care or it helps us actually really want want them to be reunited because they're just two really good people they're a really good couple um the, i don't know there's this lightness and then this tone to the film which i'll keep harping on about and i probably will keep harping on about that works so well and i think it gets set up really well with these two um just really good chemistry from from the pair the, the Probably the main scene that I liked was, was Mateo's death scene. I thought it was done really well, not only just to see the side of Abe that we probably knew was in there, but we didn't, hadn't seen it yet. I just, I just think it worked. I think that the care that one can have for another person in the midst of something that's really, really horrible for them both, it was, um, it was pretty emotional. And I, yeah. I thought it was done really well.
0: I think yeah, compared to the the rest of the the feel of what was going on in the film, it was it was definitely a a different type of um, feeling from that scene. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think Mm. it was done quite um, with a lot of care, and you know, it was shot quite nicely as well.
1: Yeah, it it worked out really well. The only other thing I do want to mention is that I, as I said before, I like the stuff with uh, with Big D. I think even the really bizarre movie stuff that was just wedged into the story in a somewhat important way the the fact that this guy is just like a movie buff and he wants to be a director and because of that they got to set up this, this this scene at the end where they thwarted the the dirty cops all together it was just bizarre how it all fit in but again this tone of the film just it just felt right and I was I was just really happy to go along
0: with it it just really worked for me Good. I'm glad I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later on because I'll go through the things that I like. Then <laughs> I think um the, this is when Paul returns to the hospital, um, where he's told, you know, you've got to get this, you've got to get Abe out of the hospital and he's filling the bag with the stuff. I just thought it was really cool. Like uh, around the table, the camera. Wasn't it? I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah. and yeah. played that. Um, Even that the fact cool that he and... couldn't, like when the camera was moving, he,
1: he had to get there by a certain time so he could
0: yeah. cross with the camera. That was really good. Really well done. And just the the song added to it too, that, you know, um, I think it's the Don't Push Me, I'm Close to the Edge. That was a, it was a yeah. cool song. Um, and the other, the other one that sort of really stands out for me is there's, in the, there's a car wash scene where there's this fight and there's this old lady sitting in the car in the car wash and, you know, she's oblivious to to what's going on, yeah. which is quite funny in the in the same way. And, um, you know, she gets out after the car wash and sort of expects, you know, a finish like the cut and polish of the car. And, you know, the guy's like, get out of the car. And she's like... And what he says, I've got a gun in my pants. Um, and you see him drive off in the car and she's like, what sort of car wash is this? I just thought, I had a good laugh. I thought that was hilarious. What she say,
1: that. she's got like pepper spray in her handbag and he's like, yeah, well, I've got okay. a gun in my pants. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, what, what are some things that you didn't like on this one? <laughs> this really annoyed me that every time he got a message, uh, I think it was Mateo, got a message from Big D. It was always the first message in a thread. Even though we'd seen him, like, yeah. you know, on your iPhone, it was yep. always the first message in a thread and it always had quotation marks around it. Like, <laughs> like, it was like Big D was quoting something. Maybe he was probably quotes from his favorite movies or something, but it just annoyed yeah. me. Like, it was just sloppy. Like, you could have at least just sent it once and then sent it again. Like, that's that's is, is easy that because thing to it do. was
0: coming from an unknown, though. So, every time you get a different message from an unknown, it just comes as a new message. True, maybe he's got a couple of burner phones.
1: Yeah, yeah. all right, that's not okay. not bad, but it, it did just annoy me because it even said it even said Big D, so he had he had the contact uh, save as yeah, Big true. D. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it did anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. Um, I got a little bit confused by who was good and who was bad in terms of the cops. Like at, at the end, I kind of thought they were at that some kind of dirty cop headquarters, but I think that was just like a police station, mm. and. They were just doing their dirty business like in the middle of the station. And when all the stuff was happening at the end, I thought, oh, these will all be the dirty cops working together. But it was just like the regular cops in the stuff. I don't know. I just thought that was really strange.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was, and it's had kind of like that warehousey feel of the other place that we're at as well. It was almost like it's just a set next to another That's set. Strange. That was what it felt like.
1: Yeah, it probably was the same set. They just fitted <laughs> yeah. it, it, really. it out differently. Yeah. Um, the other thing I do want to say is I thought the birth scene was just a little bit crazy. I had no problem with her giving birth there and him doing it. But when the cops came and like there's just been people killed everywhere, there's things going wrong and there's a man like laying on the ground and all you can see is his back and he's got his hands in something. Like you're going to push a bit harder to make sure he puts his hands in the air or like even at least come around and like really see that she's giving birth. They kind of just stood back. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm she's having a baby. I'm not putting my hands up. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. And just walked <laughs> off. Like I thought they could have at least seen like, uh, this is not what I would normally see in this
0: situation. So I'll check it out. Poor police work all around throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, I think there's this where Abe and um, Paul, they're at that train station. Like there's this big train station scene and there's chaos. And as they're walking past, there's like this LCD screen with like this crappy wanted um, photo of the two of them. It just looks so out of place. Like nothing <laughs> that, you would, that you would ever see at a train station. Um uh, I thought that just looked really odd. And uh, when um, one of the scenes where Matteo is with um with Taryn and, you know, he's trying to make her feel comfortable because she's in pain and he just like asks, can I touch it? It just was yeah. really awkward. i was just like, it's was. It was so weird. Um, And it's the last, I'll add in here, I know you liked it, but the whole gangster in that house, all those guys and, you know, TCM loving gangsters. It was just, it was um. I don't know it just didn't add anything to the story for me. I know that we got a cool scene where they rolled a car down a hill and put it on it a fire a and, and distracted everyone, but apart from that, I think it, it you know I don't know if I needed to see too much more from them. I think I
1: enjoyed that it was so batshit crazy. <laughs> it was just like, what is going on here? I kind of like it. I like that you like movies. I like
0: movies. Like okay yeah. and I thought it was pretty funny too. Good. All right. Well, what are some uh, themes or some ideas that this, this film was pushing?
1: Yeah. Obviously, there's a. A big focus on family, um, both sides of the ledger. Obviously, you've got the, the good guys, if you call them the good guys and the bad guys, still very much influenced by families and basically doing whatever it takes and, and like truly whatever it takes to, um, to protect and to save your family. Um, there's obviously a focus on dirty cops um just in general the fact that i think i would have liked a bit more reason as to why they were dirty cops but it was almost like yeah these people are bad people and just because they're policemen doesn't mean they're immune to doing bad things um interesting topic and probably a very timely one as well Mm. and then just the idea of revenge and, and and in a sense blackmail as well um slight not a huge theme but it's still a part of it what people do when they are threatened um
0: and also what people do when they do seek out revenge. Not much more for me to add, but I don't being there for your family, the police corruption. And the only other thing i good versus bad, the idea of morals too, where where do your your morals stand when you're you're facing mm. the situation? And that ties in, I guess, with being there for family and you know, are you doing something wrong to protect them and the same with the police? Are you doing something illegal to get what you want? So where where do you sit on that side of of good versus bad? Um mm. yeah, what what did you take away from this one? Yeah, I, as I said before, like the, the tone of
1: this film really worked. And I like they were very... This film, if you, if you take the lightness out of this film, it becomes a very serious, gritty action movie. Like, the, the stuff that we're actually covering in this film is pretty heavy. This could be a pretty heavy movie. But they do a really good job of keeping it light and keeping it fun. And it's not necessarily by you know humorous dialogue or anything more than that it, it's it's just a, a tone that he he manages to keep really well and a lot of it is to do with the soundtrack which i thought was fantastic um a lot of really good songs but it also just helped that fun tone for some seemingly pretty serious scenes and it's interesting to see the stuff that you can do with a soundtrack. To, to ensure that you are setting the tone that you want to set because you, you change that soundtrack and the movie is completely different as well. So I really
0: appreciated that. I thought it was done. I thought it was a little bit different. I, I thought it worked. My I've literally got here. Soundtrack was sweet. Um, I, yeah. I, I really agree that the soundtrack added heaps to the story, but I am not 100% sold on the tone um, maybe as much as you are. I, I felt like they needed to stick with one sort of tone the whole way through because I feel like they tried to add emotional parts throughout they tried to add Mm. um you know have humorous parts and and with the action i don't know i just felt like either go the whole comedic sort of way the whole way through and then you know towards the end you know you get the the concluding scene that sort of has that flash or the the flash forward of where they're at now i I don't know i just wanted to see It it, it just felt weird we didn't see a a reason why they wanted to they were going to stay in touch or or anything like that i don't know i just i just felt a bit up and down it Mm. wasn't Constant the whole way through, yeah, fair enough. I think I more speak about
1: it being it was just lighter than, yeah, what you would expect from an action movie. So, whilst there was a little bit of humor here and there was a little bit of emotion there, it's still that lightness never kind of left. Um, and in the corny side of me, was pretty happy that they're still on texting, uh, it's they're still on the same sort of texty, it's still texting um, like an unknown, unknown number. So, you know, of course, <laughs> when are, when he is? Like, yeah, he's he, he's super wanted, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Good on him for still being out there. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. All right. Um, IMDb, did you jump on to check anyone out?
1: I, I didn't. All the people that were semi recognizable, I could sort of figure out how I knew them, like the guy from House of Cards who was the cop. Um, I didn't, I did see this afterwards. I, I didn't look at her. I wasn't, I didn't think of her at all. But the, the girl who plays Taryn is, is the, um, the one from WandaVision, the, the agent oh, in WandaVision. Really? Yeah, I didn't, didn't know that. that. I didn't all, pick no. up on that at all.
0: But I did yeah. see it afterwards. Yeah, good, I um, I did the house of cards once for um, Boris McGive uh, MacGyver or whatever his name is Eric, the, the cop in this. I was like, You got such a familiar face. I was like, I have first <laughs> seen house-, house of cards, I've seen you in heaps, so um, yeah, that was uh, that was an easy one that you obviously uh picked up on, so that's that's good. Um, uh, I've yeah. never
1: seen him anything else, I don't think so. When I saw him, I was like, Oh, house cards, house <laughs>
0: cards. Uh, any questions that you wanted to ask? It's interesting
1: that I'm asking this now because I probably could have asked this in lots of movies, but it really struck me. In the birth scene, that that baby was obviously not a brand brand newborn. But it was a young baby, and mm. it makes me wonder who actually puts their newborn babies up for acting jobs. Because that was a real baby who was probably a week or two old. Mm. Like you've got to be really proactive about like there's, there's a tiny <laughs> casting casting so, like, so your kids up before they're born. <laughs> if you're yeah, if you're making a movie right, and you're like oh we need to shoot a baby on day ten. Like, there's no guarantee that that baby that you've got planned is either born or it's too. Like, how do, how does that process work? And, and and in that process, who do I speak? Like, if you if you're about to have a baby, who do you speak to and go, "Hey, got a baby during this day? Anyone's
0: filming around there? Need yeah. a newborn? Like, shout out!" Like, who does that? Like, I would never do that. Stressful but enough having a baby, let alone like putting it on set. There's probably a big baby database of um all the the babies that are that are coming up around family friends. I don't it know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought because you know a birthing scene in a film happens quite a bit so um Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I was thinking though and I was thinking if you happen to just like strike gold and you're a baby in just this enormous movie that like people are talking about for decades and decades and in 30 years time like oh this is the baby that was turned out to be with the scene when I don't know Let's say, like, we saw a scene where Forrest Gump was actually born and then he goes up to being Forrest, and like, this is baby Forrest Gump, like, those sort of things would be kind of cool. But, um, yeah, yeah that's just an interesting thought.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's a scene where Paul was, um, that, like, after he's been beaten up in the hospital, he gets in the lift and he like pats his pockets and he's like, oh, shit, what did he forget? Don't miss something. He
1: realized that the guy, the guy had taken his security tech. Okay.
0: Good. Okay. That's why you had to nick, 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 nick the, the other, other ones. One. Okay, good. Thank you. I um did not pick up on that at all. And I was sitting there going, what, what's going on? Um, mm. yeah, Surely you would have gone back in and gone, oh, I've lost my tag. I don't know. <laughs> I think you realise. Because the, the guy,
1: yeah, there's actually a scene where it's really obvious, a shot where he actually just rips it off him. Because I'm assuming that was a big
0: part of what he wanted to get. I don't know. Maybe it had his address on it or something. <laughs> he must have known he where he lived. I don't be, know. Because we see the scene later on where they need the the pass to get out of the car park. So how did he get out of the car park?
1: Well, he got out of the car park because Frank Grillo just drove straight
0: through the thing. But he was no, but scanning when, when, when the the pass was when he would lost his pass when he's coming out of the lift, so he wouldn't have been able to get out of the car park. It's a good point. Maybe <laughs> and, he just pushed I the Maybe that's why I didn't think. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just a plot hole. I might put an IMDb so someone else can. Um, yes. <laughs> How does Paul actually it's get out of the, park? the car park? Um, Maybe he walked to work that day. Yeah, true. Because he gave he gave the coffee to the the guy on the way. Yeah, in the true. There you go. He there park park go. Parked on the ground. Park on the street. Out. We worked it out. Um, did you actually care about Abe Orpal? Um, I did.
1: Yeah, yeah no, did. I, okay. I did uh, enough. Like I, I wasn't enamored by having Like I wasn't. I didn't have to see them do well. And in this kind of movie, you knew that it was going to end well for them. You, you, I mean, there's a there is a, an opportunity where. Abe dies, but he dies like saving Paul or something like that. But um, yeah, generally I did care for them. And I think a lot of that was I wanted Paul and Taryn to get back together because I think they deserve to. And uh, yeah, I kind of liked Abe the whole time, even though no, I was supposed to. Yeah, I liked them both. I
0: don't know. I just, I feel like when you set someone up as being pregnant, I feel like unless it's the deepest, darkest film in the world, which was never through the tone of this film, you know that they're going to get back together. So i found it very hard to that's a very him. good point um, <laughs> and, like unless it's yeah unless it's the most sadistic film in the world like you knew that there it was going to be a happy ending for those two and you probably knew mm-hmm. there's going to be a death somewhere somewhere so oh well who's the other character that's going to die so i don't know i just i felt um yeah i don't know it was hard to for me to be like oh i'm really going for you because um i know that you're going to be successful
1: yeah it's so a really it's a really good point i mean when he pulls a gun on the on the pregnant belly I was like, oof, are we, are we doing this? But at least he, he even actually apologized for it in the script and everything. And it's like, look, we're going to do this, but we're going to make it okay because he didn't mean to. He just got it. Like... And I apologise, but then I light up a smoke just to... So yeah, that was good, though. <laughs> that was really good because that was sincerely like I didn't even think about it. And She's like, are you seriously smoking right now? It's kind of when the
0: the, the, um, the power turns a little bit on, on those two. Yeah. Last one, like the title, Point Blank. So the definition for this, it means firing from close range to a target. Can we add a better title? Because what part of this film was an actual shot from close range? I thought that the entire
1: time. Yeah. Um, And it's not that it's a bad title. Like it's still just like a shooting movie title, Hmm. right? But yeah, there's not like a specific thing where someone's just getting shot from point blank range. It's just, yeah, it's not really a big part of it.
0: Maybe in the original, that opening scene where the, the DA is killed, you actually see it. But I mean, it was a cool shot that we saw because it jumped through the window and the track through the streets. But maybe that's what the, the film's actually about is that they were shot point blank at the start of the film. and That's what leads to the whole film. I don't know. That's...
1: Actually, I like that idea. But yeah, we don't really see it. Yeah, don't we don't see really it. See
0: it. No, exactly. All right. I think we're almost ready to wrap this one up. and we'll Put it all together. Mm-hmm. Where we come up with a rating out of five. So uh, what are your final thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I I think it was a bit weird and it was a bit disjointed at times, but it just kind of worked for me knowing knowing what it was and and having those expectations of what it actually was because it as I said it kept this light tone throughout. It made the movie itself a lot more fun and palatable, and I think the short runtime also made sure that it was aware of what it needed to be to get audiences on board. It, it didn't. It didn't want to do all this massive storytelling that half the audience would have just lost interest. This this movie
0: knew what it was and and it worked. Three stars. Nice. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of fun. The lead actors were good. The short runtime didn't overstay its welcome. Um. And, but like I mentioned before, I think it either needs to be like silly fun action the whole way or have more character-driven emotional pieces throughout. I don't know. I just I just felt me left me a little bit felt awkward at the end where I was like, I don't, and I didn't obviously like I said in the questions. I, I needed some sort of connection with the characters or feel some sort of fear or, or something along those way along those lines. Um, and a bit mixed, but i have still given it a two and a half out of five because it's still fun. It, it just mm. had some um, weird moments throughout for me. So um, gives us a two point seven five, which yeah, it's not too bad. There's a lot worse movies out there than this one. Correct. Uh, we have social media: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever your fancy is. Give us a like. Give us a follow. The question I just wanted to ask is um, is this a, a poor man's baby driver? Is that what it was trying to do? Just with the the, the mm-hmm. soundtrack and the the car chases. I don't know. A poor, maybe. maybe a yeah. poor analogy. I don't know. But yeah, baby driver's got a bit more, a lot more, sorry, a lot more depth
1: to it. Um yeah. but yeah, I can see what you're saying. That that tone, that tone, yeah. and yeah, and you're right, the
0: soundtrack style,
1: yeah, it, it's yeah. kind of there. Yeah,
0: good. All right, well, um. As usual, we will be back again next week for another film. We're going a, a different genre next week. We've got a psychological thriller from 2019. And uh, this is called Secret Obsession. It's directed by Peter Sullivan. And the, the lead star of this one is Brenda Song, which um, is a bit of fun for me being a Disney Channel fan. But we've also got Mike Vogel, Dennis Haysbert and Ashley Scott. So that's what we've got next week.
1: So I do remember when this one came out, this was quite, this caused quite a lot of conversation,
0: but um, I have no idea who Brenda Song is. Oh, should I save it for next week then? Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Just by name. We'll save it for next week. I definitely uh, know who Brenda Song is. Um, This was the, this is around the high school musical time. So um, we'll we'll, we'll have a chat next week and I'll fill you in on um, Brenda Song and, and uh, her highlights on the Disney channel. (laughs) I'll be honest I'm going to probably Google it right now When we hang up (laughs) Oh Oh, okay Good Well I won't surprise you Next week then I mean I'd do it anyway But I'm intrigued. drink (laughs) Good It's uh, it's been good fun And uh, thank you for Spending the time Chatting about this This film Which was a bit of fun
1: You as well I'm sure we probably Dug deeper into this film Than most people
0: have So uh, we hope you Enjoyed listening (laughs) Super true Uh, We'll see you next week See you mate